This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. Good morning, this is Frida Liu and you're listening to Enterprise. China-born, Singapore-based entrepreneur Jingjin Liu is on a mission to normalize the conversation of female sexual awareness. The last check is BC-backed sexual wellness startup in Singapore. Uh, making leaps and strides in this space, let's hear about how things are faring. Uh, linked as Listed as LinkedIn Top Voices in 2022, uh, Jingjin Liu is also an angel investor and advisor. And we're talking about her app or her business called Zazazu. So good morning, Jingjin. Good morning, Freda. Thank you for having me. Right. I'm really excited being to you. But this is not your first foray into business. It's so interesting because it's such a different business. Uh, you co-founded ASBO Drive's technology components uh, with roots in Germany and China. And the company was successfully acquired by China Machinery Engineering Corporation in 2019. Now, how long were you in that business, first of all? Right. And what you know, made you decide to make that transition? So I have been in entrepreneur journey my whole life. And then I started that business back in 2010. So it's almost 10 years without that journey. I was working at corporate still at that time. And there was an opportunity came in. And uh, at, at 26, you're bold and relentless and have no fears. And you jump into it. And it had developed a, a part-time journey. But then we... The three partners, um, a BCG consultant, a Chinese farmer, and me, myself, three of us started a company, Aspo Drive. At that time, it was about to empower Chinese rural farmers, uh, owner, tractor owners, to increase productivity and efficiency by exchanging their components through Made in Germany quality. So we wow. basically enabled the Chinese farmer to get Made in Germany quality with a reasonable price and um, increase the harvest uh, yield. Wow. Yeah, that was uh, so I my background has always been automotive and uh, uh, with Zazazu is rather a a, okay, we'll, we'll, get, we'll, we'll get to that because, you know, that's so interesting. So, okay, so this was uh, Asbo, your company, and you were helping Chinese farmers, right, in an automotive background. And then you decided to sell this business in, in 2019. The decision yeah. to sell, why? It was, um, it was, um, it was, I would say it wasn't rather a decision. The acquisition came to us. So the Chinese company, so CMEC at that time, they were really looking to expand their branch into Germany. And at that time, it was very difficult because Chinese companies were very aggressive acquiring German companies and the government had regulated the purchase in certain ways. And therefore, they were like, okay, we want to acquire a company or we want to merge with a company that has a root in Germany. And we are a German company, but we're based in China as well. And they recognize that we are so much smaller. We are just a 5 million, 5, 6 million euro company. And they are making hundreds of millions. And they recognize that Synergy is really big and they can just easily get us. And uh, yeah, and then they approached us and the merge discussion didn't go as smooth. They really want me to stay as I was really the key person to bridging the bridge between China and Germany. Mm. But I didn't want to work for someone. I wanted right. to work for myself. Therefore, right. I said, okay, that's an acquisition would make more sense. Right. Okay. And so, and of course you were saying that, you know, China was buying this, but China's buying the world. Anyway, <laughs> um, 
So, okay, I, I like what you just said, you know, I didn't want to work for anybody. And I'll, I'll get to that as well. So you sold this business because of that. And then your your educational or work background before getting into business, what what were you doing? It's, I, I, the background is actually industrial engineering. So I studied right. industrial engineering in Germany, and uh, but actually went to the product management side of things. So it was always in autonomous driving, mobility through um, in, in technology sector. So right. it's in, always in German conglomerate like Siemens, Vapco, the big right. ones. Yeah. So I started the company also while I was working at the corporate. Right. Okay. So very entrepreneurial. Now, of course, that 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 left right and you from the automotive scene to Zazazu it's a big switch right but what what made you start Zazazu I think made me start Zazazu is a result of a deep passion and calling what I had is that I um, it has always been true to me that how can I help women to find innate confidence because I grew up in China and uh, I had zero confidence. I was very badly bullied as a Chinese girl because right. I have very dark skin. And um, oh, wow! So at that time, yeah, it's it's very strange. Today, it's rather a it's considered as healthy. But at that right. time, in the eighties in Beijing, so I'm from really mainland mainland. The kids and the environment was really cruel. And uh, there are certain standards how girls should behave, how girls should look like. I mean, it's still there. Yes. It's getting better, but right. girls should be um, should be introverted, should have don't have that much voice, should be the good girl, obedient, and listen to teacher and be pretty. And I was the opposite. I was dark skinned, extroverted, opinionated, and asked why all the time. So as you can imagine, it was has been a very tough journey for me to grow up in that environment because I was always a contrarian and that was not appreciated by the society and mm. by teachers. So I decided to, so it has always been a, it took me really long to figure out who I am, how I, sh- about my womanhood, the journey of becoming the confident woman as I am today, coming from the area where I have zero confidence. So I decided to move to a country Germany at that time when I was 16, that I want to move to a country where individualism is celebrated and uh, people care about Jingjing and does not care how I look, um, how good my academia is, and is they care about me. Mm. And that was a really a lucky move. And it's exactly what happened when I went to Germany. People cared about it was everything what they didn't like in China was celebrated there. Because right. I was or the Asian girl who spoke up, right. the Asian girl who didn't speak German, but tried to mix the German word together and make a sentence and try to merge into the society. So I think the leadership aspect of things or other aspect that beyond just academia was much, much appreciated in the Western society. And that has formed who I am today. Right. Yeah. So during that journey. I encountered many, many women. I was not the only one. I recognized that the majority of the women, due to the societal norms, due to the standard, due to what it, what it is in the society, mm. uh, facing the exact problem that I have, just from different angle, is that right. how to be confident as a woman. We have in the corporate lots of curriculums about um, how to build your confid- uh, competence, uh, you know, how yes. to ask for more salaries, how to do this, how to do that. What I recognize during my um, corporate career is that women don't need to build competence. They need to build confidence in their competence. Right. 
Right. And this is something that I have been very vocal about. I was the first female marketing director in the $4.5 billion firm, and I was always the only woman there. And it has become a passion and calling during that journey to empower other women to build innate confidence so they can ask for more salary or a board seat or a better title with confidence because they believe they are entitled to it. Right. So I never know how to phrase that, how to make that a business until I sold my previous business and said, okay, now you have some mind space, financial freedom to mm-hmm. explore. And I want to go somewhere where it's also, there is a business behind as well. And this is where sexual well-being is encountered. Right. And this is where, how Zazazu was started, actually. Right, okay. So you talk about sexual well-being. And did you have the Asian market in mind, but or do you think this is a global problem? It's definitely a global problem. Um, mm. Western society, Germany, um, Western Europe and um, US are obviously more progressive. I think about women are more aware what they are missing, that women's health is not prioritized, especially sexual health, sexual well-being is an unspoken topic everywhere. Right. However, in Asian society, is a big blue ocean. Yeah. Uh, um, in the moment where you mention SEX, mm. half of the audience are gone. Right. <laughs> and the, 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 it, it is especially in Southeast Asia, I think, right. in, uh, rather uh, different than China or India, this region is more conservative than anywhere else. Right. And I really saw a opportunity to build a, a trip advisor, I would say, for right. um, female sexual well-being. So where women can, women across different life stage, really ranging from early ad- adulthood when you are 18, 20 and just start to explore mm-hmm. to all the way to perimenopause where women are in their 50s and say, okay, now the kids are all adults. How do I start again to explore right. myself? So I want to build a aim to build a trip advisor for female sexual well-being. This was the goal for Zazazu at that time. Right. Okay. I'm here with Jin Jin Liu from Zazazu. We'll continue our conversation after this. Stay tuned to Enterprise BFM 89.9. Be free, Malaysia, BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Good morning, this is Frida Liu and you're listening to Enterprise. I'm here with Jingjing Liu, uh, who is listed as the LinkedIn Top Voices in 2022 and she's also an angel investor and advisor. But her business is Zazazu, which is, uh, she's on a mission to normalize the conversation of female sexual wellness. You know, uh, uh, Jingjing, as well, uh, Zazazu is VC back, right? Where do the VC see the opportunity in this? How does the business model work? VC back is I, I I think I'm fairly lucky because it's my second business. It's always easier for a VC to back a serial entrepreneur. I right. have to take from that. Right. Most of the most of my peers working in the femtech, so female health, uh, facing tremendous problem actually raising funds from institutional investors, mm-hmm. majorly due to the fact that currently the majority decision maker in the VC funds are still male. And it's very difficult for men to relate a female-related health issue. Hmm. So I think that is something. And of course, the stigma around that space is tremendous. And um, it's very challenging to raise institutional funds. Our um, VC partner, Loyal VC, is very progressive. They are very much into uh, female-driven business because they believe that women 
under-promise and over-deliver, which we do. <laughs> and whereas, um, whereas men, obviously, I mean, not bad nothing about men, but mm. often men may tell to do the opposite. Right. So the how those work is that we we, a, uh, we are a well-being hub here in Asia that synchronizes education, consultation, and digital service. We do corporate workshop, we do one-to-one consultation, as well as in group consultation. We used to have product on site as well, but as you know, startup is a constant pivot journey right. that we are recognized that product as such is not is not going to move the needle in this region. We actually mm. need to convert women's mindset. Right. Into, and through product is, is not the best way. Right. So, not yet. Not yet. Not right. yet. Exactly. Right. Okay. And, and did the pandemic have an, a, an impact on Zaza Zoo? Did it make a, a difference in terms of what people needed? It did. I would say we have here in, in Singapore specifically, Malaysia as well, is that women who are already more explorational, they are already more curious towards mm. sexuality, more open-minded. Mm. For them, the pandemic has accelerated their curiosity as in buying products, getting into seminars, and really understand their mind-body connection. Mm. In this, but this is still the minority of the population. For right. them, it's like, okay, now I have more free time and more freedom to explore my sexuality. Whilst the majority for them, sex has become a burden. As you right. can imagine that, especially in Singapore, women, right. people live in small apartments. And due to the pandemic, the, the freedom to go out is limited. And you literally are stuck with kids, in-laws and everyone else in mm. a very limited space. Mm. And sex will be the last thing in your mind. So, <laughs> unfortunately, so this right. is something that has really, I would say, negatively impacted the business. Right. Okay. You you were saying that uh, you wanted to go into corporate uh, corporations. How do you go about doing that? So we offer, now we recognize that just talking about sex standalone is also not going to move the needle. You actually need to go to a broader... Sex is such a big topic, broad right. topic. It's not just sexuality. Right. It's a sexism, microaggression in the workplace. Mm. Um, women face various different kind of... Um, how do women navigate through modern women's challenge? For example, if you dress up too well, you are identified as... You, you will be facing certain sexism. If you right. don't dress well... Um, it's also, it's, you, you are not exploring your sexual intelligence as well. So it's a very difficult spot nowadays for men, both men and women, how to behave in the corporate context. Right. So that's true. That we, yeah. And that's very sad, actually, because at the end yeah. of the day, most people meant well. There are, it's just about the communication, how women, what men say, as well as what women say, and how are these things perceived. So right. we draw a line into we, we work a lot with corporation on how to create a safe safe workspace for both mm-hmm. men and women so people can explore express themselves freely at the same time we have this bold workshops as in up your game building confidence in the bedroom help you to build confidence in the boardroom right so because at the end of the day if you can't ask for how would you like it in the bedroom to the closest male person in your life how are you going to ask a strange man, let it be your boss, your your peer, to have a more salary, to have a better, to right. have a seat? So we draw that line and really challenge the status quo to help women to reconnect with their female body part, to challenge what is, has been there in the society, saying, why should we have such a bad 
relationship with vulva, with our breast, with how right. we look. Right. And um, we build confidence from that angle and help women to gain more confidence. Right. You know, you've built your business across Germany, China, and Singapore. Is the style of doing business different? Uh, oh, very much. I think the Asian culture is um, very tremendous. The Germans, um, Western European, especially they are very, it's a very directive um, communication. So a no means no. There is no ambiguity. And right. it's, I think it, it's a faster way to move business forward because you know exactly where you are. Right. I think no... I can live in Germany. <laughs> <laughs> Well, in Asia, I think very straightforward women like us, yeah. you have to find your way to interpret things and how to things more politically, more in the politically correct way, not to right. be such a big contrarian as well in our narratives. And uh, yeah, it, a, a lot more politics moving right. in Asia than right. in uh, Western society. Okay, I like what you said earlier, confidence in your competence right now you all you're also an angel investor and advisor especially for female driven early stage startups you know why why the focus on women is that it and you know uh what are what kind of businesses are you looking at investing in uh very industry agnostic completely i'm more passionate about female driven business for the sole purpose is because i started to do startup advisory at insia so at my where i graduated right i recognize a lot of women when they start their business how women just tend to undersell it's in the moment where they i had advised some um, i remember this session this is still a very it leave a very strong impression with me at that day. I was advising a man and a woman, mm -hmm. same age. The guy came in without the deck, without anything, pitched about his idea. And I also asked the same question. What do you need to reach 100 million revenues? Uh, where are you now? And the question, he was very bold, although he has nothing. Mm. And he says, I need to raise 2 million and I will reach in convertible notes. He already know a lot of how to raise money very right. confidently, although he has zero. The idea exists purely on paper. Right. If I were VC, if I were a guy sitting in the institution investor, I would put money inside him because he's confident and he knows what he's talking about. Mm. At least he gave me the impression he knows exactly what he's talking about. Mm. But there is on paper, evidently, there's nothing. And this girl came, same age, and talked about, I appreciate your time so much. I have such a small business and I am even ashamed to leverage your time. And it turns out he is a corporate executive, has three kids on the side, living in Paris, so there's no helper system as such, mm. running a baby hat business, have already 200,000 euro in revenue. It's already a cash positive. Right. But he was so, she was so ashamed. She told me in a way which I feel, okay, it must be a really, really small business. Or, right. But if you compare these two sessions, right. this was a very light bulb moment for me that generally women we are taught across the world in a way be humble don't mm. brag about your success mm. and be kind which leads us to be very kind business leaders and business owners where you don't talk about your success or your achievement right. confidently right and this is not an asian thing this is a western example yes right so it's this not even a, it's, so. That, so that's that's the challenge. So that's the so you have a 
personal agenda now to to help women as well. So okay, moving forward with Zazazu, what's in store? Uh, let us know. So we have we well we now move we get rid of the products for now just to make the operation process more uh, more lean. And then we are now only moving from B two C to completely B two B. Right. We work with a big corporate, Rio Tinto, Google, SAPs, some companies to make yeah to work make the workspace a better place for women. How to and then how to help women build confidence from within right. through understanding your body, understand your the journey of womanhood, right. starting from how to deal with period pain. Mm. I mean, simple things like that. Every woman has that. Because we have never, we have always taught by the society. Every woman has period. If you go to doctor, you have period pain. Most of the time is misdiagnosed. Very right. often women have endometriosis or PCOS, this kind of sicknesses. But mm. the doctor will say every woman goes through that, you know, drink some herbal herbal tea and uh, take an ibuprofen and you are done. And it's as funny as it sounds. Right. It is it's true. And yes. how we are raising awareness in this space that don't suffer under your pain, don't take sexual dysfunction as a you know as given, and right. get treatment. And we are there to help you navigate through that. Right. Okay. I'm I'm looking forward to more exciting things coming from yeah, Zaza Zoo. It's been such a pleasure speaking to you, uh, Jing Jin Liu from Zaza Zoo, and you've been listening to Enterprise BFM eighty nine point nine. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.